So let's pray. Let's go before the Father. Father, we thank you for this night. Lord, I praise you for your living word. Let the prophetic utterance of the kingdom go deep into every person's heart. Lord, let them be completely equipped for your purpose and for your kingdom to glorify you. And in the name of Jesus, I serve notice on every hindering spirit, every work of the enemy, and command you to flee. And I plead the blood over this very building, and I release the kingdom of God and ministering angels in this place right now. We praise you for it, Lord. We give you glory. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Thump your Bibles a few times or clap your hands a few times. There you go. Amen. Everybody say amen and stuff. Let me ask you a question. How many of you in this room are born again? Trust me, that was not a trick question. How many of you are born again? Now, if you really know you're born again, put both your hands up. Wave your hands in the air. Wave them like you didn't know. <laughs> Amen? Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever had a spot in your life where you didn't really want to lift your hands and praise God too much because there was a lot going on? You're just kind of like... You're like you're in youth group and it's that one night when everybody's pumped up and you're not. You ever had that night? You're all drama. Anybody ever been a drama king or queen? Anybody? Who's sitting next to one right now? Uh-huh. See, like, uh-huh. Pray for her. No, see, here's the thing. Every single one of us, listen close. Every single one of us has those days. Amen? How many of you have had a good day? How many of you have had such a bad day you were just like sadness personified? You just woke up and you went, no, this day shall never be. Anybody? The reason I'm asking you this question is this, guys. If you allow emotions to rule your life, you'll be like this, and you'll never see the kingdom of God advance. How many of you want to see the Lord heal people through your life? How many of you would like to go to the mall and find sick folk and just lay hands on them and watch them get healed in front of your eyes? Listen close. I'm not talking about a king or a kingdom that I don't know about. He is king of all, and he can do anything through a life that is submitted to him. Amen? How many of you have ever submitted yourself to a shower, and because of that, you got clean? You ever been around somebody who needed to submit themselves to a shower? Amen? What I want to talk to you about tonight, before I actually dive into the word, guys, and listen close, listen close. I have a Bible that can be thrown. Don't make me. Now listen. Here's the thing. We had an amazing event happen at Global Force on Wednesday night, the church where I pastor in Jamestown. And I started a series uh, called Bible Boot Camp, and it's 12 weeks of intensive instruction on how the kingdom of God is to work in your life. Now, how many of you believe that Jesus saved you to do more than just fill a seat in a church? Amen? He saved you to fill you up so that you could infiltrate darkness with light and see the enemy scatter and the kingdom enter in. Amen? Remember, kingdom without king is just dumb. Okay? Everybody say kingdom. kingdom. But here's the key. On Wednesday night, we're teaching Bible boot camp, and the day or about a few hours before the service, a young man came in the door. He's around probably 20, 21. And uh, when he came in, he was poor in tears. I knew his background. I knew what he had been facing. But I want to go back in his life all the way to, to around the age of nine. I led him to Christ. Everybody say victory. This young man gets on fire. His name is Jeremiah. Now, the name Jeremiah, everyone say, Yeremi? Yahoo. That's the name. That's how you say Jeremiah in Hebrew. And it means to root up, to tear down, and to plant. Your name has significant meaning. And this young man had been prophesied over for so long about what God would do through him. 
He grew up in a busted home, parents who were on drugs. He saw destruction his whole life, but he gave his life to Christ and God started working in him. Now, how many of you know when God starts working in your life, the enemy gets mad and wants to stop it? So we fast forward. This young guy's been in church. He's on fire, prophetic words going forth. He knows God has called him to something big. Everybody say, what happened? happened? Something took place while he was at his job. This was about a year ago. He's been married. He has two children, wonderful wife, and I did their wedding. And it was about two weeks after the wedding. I didn't see him anymore. I tried to call him. He wouldn't call me back. Trying to help him, no contact whatsoever. And then I get a call about two months ago from a friend, and he says, you know, Jeremiah? I said, yeah, where's he been? He said, well, he is full on in a cult. He is into Wiccan. He's into all the stuff from warlocks and Ouija boards and everything demonic you can imagine to the point that they're offering animal sacrifice at his house. Just turn to your neighbor and say, don't do it. Okay? Because I'm going to tell you right now, Dead cat don't need it. Amen? I don't care if his name is Poop Nugget. I love that name. That's a great band name. Welcome to the stage, Poop Nugget. Now, anyway, back to the story. I get sidetracked with cool names like that. But here's the thing. They told me what Jeremiah was doing, and the problem was is that I couldn't enter in to make contact with him. So I began to pray. I said, Lord, I know what he's dabbling in. I know the demonic realm. I've I've been traveling when I was a full-time evangelist 10 years ago before we began the church. I'd be in my hotel room and demonic forces would try to hinder sleep. They would show up in the room and walk across my hotel room. Why? They were afraid of the gospel. See, the spirit realm is very, very, very real. But you should never be afraid of it. Why? Fear empowers the enemy. Faith releases God. And so what I began to do, I said, Lord, I know the demonic realm is real. How do we handle this? He said, take authority. It's kind of like Smith Wigglesworth. He was preaching in Bradford, England. He went to a hotel, and he woke up in the middle of the night, and there were two demonic forces standing at the end of his bed. He woke up and said, oh, it's just you guys, and laid back down. Why? He's not even going to give the enemy the time of day because he knows the one who lives in him. Now back to Jeremiah. He works at a grocery store, does a great job. He's working as a manager there, doing incredible things. God is raising him up. But two employees came to him, and those employees began to ask him questions about the kingdom of God that he couldn't answer because he didn't change his mind to understand. And because he couldn't answer, they said, well, we've got answers about the spirit. And they started bringing him books about the demonic. And as I said, the demonic feels good to your flesh because it's of the prince and the power of the air, this temporary realm. That's why the enemy works through your flesh. That's why he wants you to obey your emotions and your hormones. But God says, obey the spirit and life will come forth. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah began to obey them. And he crossed over into this realm. And he looked at me with tears in his eyes the other day on Wednesday at about 3 in the afternoon. He walks in the door and collapses. And this guy is just, he's muscle for days. He was in bodybuilding for a while. And as he fell down in the cafe and he began to cry, he said, I don't know what I've been doing. I said, no, you do know what you've been doing, but you realize now that what you've been doing leads to death and not life. And here's why. Wednesday, he came and saw me. Tuesday, he was checked out of the mental institution in Knoxville, Tennessee. He had been in there for a week and a half. He had checked himself in because he said the demonic forces and the whisperings and the things were happening to his family, beginning to attack his children and his wife. Everybody say, don't do it. Now, this is his own personal testimony. And as we're closing the meeting, I said, I need you to get your tail in church. 
I said, I'm not even going to ask you if you will. You need to listen to someone who has care for your life, authority in your life, and knows that the enemy is a punk and he's under our feet. Amen? He said, yes, sir, I'll be there. He showed up Wednesday night, and he walks in with this massive box of over $1,000 worth of pagan material and paraphernalia, drops it on the altar, and there were saints like walking by the altar, walking like this. They're like, don't even go near the cardboard box. Like some demon's going to go, boo, I'm in here. That's not the way it works. But what I'm saying is this. So often we play games with the kingdom of God instead of realizing it's a legitimate kingdom. If the kingdom of God is legit and it comes from eternity, it's the one that lasts. But the earth is temporary, yet isn't it amazing how often our lives obey the temporary instead of the eternal? I got teenagers that come to me. I'm about to be 44 in August, and I still got teens going, Pastor Jason, how do I overcome hormones and the desire for the opposite sex? Maybe not in that eloquent of terms. <laughs> or that voice. <laughs> but when they say that, I go, really? We're still there? We're still stuck there? What people are usually looking for is someone to say, ah, it's all right, just go ahead and obey your flesh. I'm going to tell you, you obey your flesh, you die. You obey the word and his life and spirit and peace overflows. Life overflows. Demons flee. Satan is terrified, not of a Christian. He's terrified of a Christian that knows the word that vanquishes him. Amen? For instance, germs in your body are terrified of soap. I keep talking a lot about showers and soap. Who's funky tonight? <laughs> Somebody got bold. It's prophetic. It's me. I ain't bathed in a month. I got a stank demon right there. No. I don't even know if there is a stank demon, but you know. What I'm saying is this. Jeremiah not only rededicated his life, he's contacting me each day. And what he said to me, he said, I realize that I never allowed the kingdom of God to completely flourish in my heart and mind. He said, I got saved and I dabbled a little bit. He said, but I realize now you can't dabble. He said, because I made the choice to dabble in the darkness. And the darkness put me in a mental institution. That will forever be on his record. Okay? Because he chose to put that in his mind. He chose to wrap himself around things. And he said, but pastor, he said, the reason I stayed there for so long is it felt good. I said, yes, to your flesh. The tingling. He said, there was this atmosphere that was so, he said, I could feel the, the presence and the tingling. And I said, yeah, guess what? You can't live by a tingle. This is where churches go off in granola land. They become nuts, flakes, and fruits when they follow tingles. You know what I'm saying? They walk around and go, oh, I felt something. I'm like, yeah, I did too. It's air. <laughs> Amen? Anytime you're around Christians that are going, did you hear that? Did you see that? I think I see. There it was. You just go, oh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> Pray in the Spirit because if it's God, you want it, but you've got to know. Rightly dividing, understanding the word of truth. Amen? How many of you just eat what anybody gives you? Uh, right, okay. Yeah, I got you. Uh-huh. No, here's the thing. You don't. Do you? When I was in the Philippines and they gave me a bowl of cold goat's milk with chopped up raw fish and goat's eyes floating in this bad boy. I didn't just go, okay, I'm going to eat that. No. I looked at the pastor. I said, I love you and I do not want to offend you. I said, but there's no way in time, space, heaven or hell, this body shall consume something looking at me. 
Amen. He looked at me, he goes, I understand. And I'm like, amen, because even if you was offended, back up. <laughs> amen? But what I'm saying is this, that the kingdom of God, anytime you read in the Bible and it says kingdom of God, it means God's way of doing things. Now, how many of you know God has a way of doing stuff? Now, I'm going to dive into some scripture. If you brought your Bible, and let, let me say this to you guys. I love you, and I feel like my heart is a part of this ministry here. I've been connected to you guys for almost 20 years. And the truth is, I want you guys to start getting into a place, no matter who's speaking, no matter what's going on, don't ever show up to this place without the Word of God. Is that okay to say that? Don't ever show up to the house of God without the Word of God, because you're here to be equipped, not entertained. Amen? See, I've been doing this camp with you guys for years. This is the first year I can't be there, and I'm going to be praying for you guys big time, because I know God breaks out at camp and does amazing things. But you're there to be equipped. See, this ministry, what, what Pastor Stefan and the other leaders and the pastors do here, it's the equipping of the saints to go and do the work of ministry. We say, well, that's the pastor's job to minister. No, it's his job to equip you to go do the work of ministry. That means you're to be equipped so that you can go into your schools, and when you're over yourself, you look down the hallway and see somebody whose leg is hurt or who's sick, and you go, you know what? I'm carrying kingdom power, and in Jesus' name, I'm going to go lay hands on them with love. There's a reason there's no amens right there. Because we go, well, if I did that, I would look stupid. Just turn to your neighbor and say, it's already done. It's already done. What are you talking about? The Bible says we're strangers and aliens. Amen? amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look like an X-file. <laughs> amen? We did this about 12 years ago. Everybody in here put the X up. Everybody just say, Phew. look at your neighbor and pop the X together. Phew. X-File for Jesus, amen? Now here's the thing, guys. Every single one of you in here has a choice to make in the kingdom. I'm going to say something that may sting a little bit to every single one of us in this building regardless of age. When you see sick folk in public and you're afraid to go pray with them, there's a part of our life that is not in love with Jesus. You hear me? When you see situations that you know are not happening in heaven and God has charged you to bring the justice of heaven by grace through faith into the earth and you don't engage that place, there's a part of us that is not submitted to God. But I'm a teenager. So was David. Dude was slaying giants and we can't even show up to pray. The dude's like, Lord... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him. And everybody's going, he's so big. And David's going, oh, my God, going to take him down. <laughs> what does he do? He grabs five smooth stones. Why? Five is grace. Everybody say, bring it. Bring he it. grabs a stone and he takes that sling. <laughs> he launches the stone, sinks it between the plate and his helmet, right in his head, drops this guy. He's nine foot nine, 700 pounds. David cuts his head off. Everybody say, yeah. yeah. That's how you get ahead in life, amen? Yeah, you're welcome. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. David took him down, okay? So age is no excuse. It doesn't matter what age you are. If you're here tonight and you have the ability to think, then you have the ability to engage. Everybody say engage. engage. That also means that the people next to you, their opinion cannot be more important than the one who died for you. And that's truth, but it's hard because we love our friends, right? We want them to be happy. We want them to like us. How many of you like it when people like you? 
Some of you still hadn't raised your hand. Are your arms broke? How many of you like people to like you? How many of you like it when people love you? Yeah, like my mama. How many of you like it when your mama goes, oh, babe, I love you so much? Anybody? I'm about to be 44. Just last week, I get a text from my mom. Just want my boy to know I love him. I'm like, thank you, mom. Why? Just a part of us. But look, even mom's opinion can't trump the word of God. You hear me? Friends, money. Well, if I follow God, maybe I won't be what I want to be. Flip that around. If you follow God, you'll become what you were supposed to be. Amen. I'm not just following. I'm not just talking about being in a church only. You need to be in God's house. Never forsake the gathering of yourselves together, but you need to equip and change your mind because it's like this. Your spirit man is born again. Amen? Your spirit man, the Bible says, has been given all things, not a few, but all things that pertain to life and godliness. Amen? So it's already full. You weren't given a junior Holy Ghost. He's not in you going, oh, I would love a crust of bread. That's not the way it works. Your Holy Spirit man inside is filled with Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. You have all of heaven on the inside. Everybody put your hands on your belly. Put your hands on your belly. Look at somebody and say, whoo, it's inside. <laughs> now, if you ate beans, something else inside too. Now, take your hands off your belly. But here's the key. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. Amen? But you still have this thing called flesh. And the flesh is not saved. That is why there's a war between the carnal mind and the mind of the flesh or the body of flesh. It fights against the spirit. That's why you have to war against it. It's like in my marriage to my wife. We're coming up on 16 years of marriage. I've known her since 1994. Amen. Hallelujah. And even today, we were driving down. Tim and I, where's Brother Tim? Where you at, Tim? Everybody say, hey, Tim Mays. He just graduated from Karis Bible College in Texas, or, uh, Colorado, amazing man of God. And here's the thing. We're driving down, and my wife sends me a text, and she said, I just want you to know how much I love you. I'm praying for you. God's going to do big things. That's my bride. We've been married 16 years, and she's still encouraging. Why? Because she knows the kingdom. She knows that the guy she's sending it to is pretty goofy, makes a lot of mistakes, sometimes says all the wrong things, and yet she still knows that God has called me and equipped me with all of heaven to do his work in the earth. It's the understanding of kingdom that allows you to graduate above you. Did you hear me? The understanding of kingdom causes you to graduate above flesh. So you're no longer ruled by how you feel. Because think about it. If you lived about how you felt all the time, every one of us would be in jail. Amen? How many of you saw Dead Cat and there was a part of you that wanted to yell on Box of Staples? Amen. <laughs> the whole sound booth went, yeah. <laughs> Why? It's just that part of us. We're like, I know he's a cat, but I don't know him real close. Eat the staples. See what happens. <laughs> and all of the caring, caring folks are going, that's so mean. That's why you called out Fluffy. See, here's the thing. <laughs> different personalities, different styles. But the truth is this. Flesh is flesh. Flesh wants what it wants. Flesh likes how things feel to it. If the temperature's too hot, too cold, we don't like that, do we? We like comfort. How many of you like to be comfortable? How many of you got your favorite PJs? You go home, you got your pajamas, you're like, oh. They smell like 2010, you know what I'm saying? But you don't care. 
right? You got food, you got like a corn chip that's going, I will be here forever. You know, it's that, <laughs> but it's home, it's comfortable. Well, that's good, but guess what? God wants you to be comfortably uncomfortable entering into the kingdom, learning how to navigate through life and releasing heaven on earth. Amen? Yeah. Everybody say yeah. yeah. How many of you know that you could walk onto an airplane and you could yell bomb if you wanted to? Right? Now look right here, look right here. You could make a choice to walk in church and go, I hate everybody, couldn't you? I'm preaching two weeks ago at Global Force. This mother's over there. She's got a little, little, her little daughter. She's like two. And her little daughter's just doing this, just walking around looking at stuff. You ever see those kids? They're cute. They got a diaper that's fully loaded. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> carrying, a, carrying a tank back here. Daughter's walking and jiggling, doing this. And the mommy goes, stop walking. She goes, I don't want to walk. I don't want to be here. I don't, hi, and starts crying. And she goes, ah and stood right in the aisle and I'm preaching and the whole time I'm looking at her mom like take your child out or I will <laughs> everybody say amen. amen then the girl goes I don't want to leave I love his preaching she's two and I'm like oh she can stay <laughs> and the mom takes her out and all I hear is whack 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 and all I'm thinking is the baby's going I got padding you see everybody say flesh Emotion. Emotion. You can't live by that. Amen? Amen. You got to live by kingdom. You got to live by spirit truth. It says that the spirit gives life. Everyone, some spit. Everybody say spirit. spirit. The spirit gives life. How many of you want life? Now, let me, let, me, let me remove the self centeredness of our existence for a second. We all want life for us, don't we? But there's a place you come to in the kingdom where you start desiring what God has poured into you, it starts overflowing to the place that you can't wait to give it away. Amen? A lot of Christians never approach this place. The reason they don't is they realize that in order to walk to that place, you have to forget you and start releasing what he gave you. That also means you may have to give your life for it. That may mean you don't get your will or your dream job. Maybe it's the God job that he puts you in so heaven can be released. But if your agenda is the king, the kingdom overflows. Everybody say amen. amen. Now, as I said, Jeremiah is, has returned to the Lord. Um, we dumped all that paraphernalia in the dumpster at the church the other day. A buddy of mine named Beecher. And we dumped it in the dumpster while Beecher was testifying to me. Um, he has a son who about four days ago was working at a sawmill in Jamestown. And as he was pushing the wood into the saw, it jumped. It cut his hand here off. That was gone. It was that was left. His hand was laying in a chunk on the side. Nasty. They put him in the ambulance, grabbed the piece of the hand, put it on ice, wrapped it in a bag, put a tourniquet on his hand because it was bleeding profusely, took him to Knoxville. The doctors there wanted to amputate. Beecher began to pray. They made a contact with another doctor, and they said, get into Kentucky. As they got to Kentucky, the guy was about to leave, but the number one surgeon for reattaching limbs just happened to be at the hospital in Kentucky. Beecher told me, he said, Pastor, he's an old country guy. He goes, Pastor, I was praying in the spirit the whole way. He said, half the people didn't know what I was saying. He's praying in the spirit. He gets up there. The doctor said, I'm going to give this a go. So they go to reattach. Not only did the hand reattach, but every single nerve, every single artery, every part of the hand completely reconnected. There's not a single part that's dead or missing blood flow. Everybody say kingdom. You see, the kingdom of God can manifest and work in your life. 
but you just have to work the kingdom. What do you mean? Let's look at it. The book of Matthew 16, 13 through 19. Check this out. Everybody say, Word of God. Word. Is it on the screen? You guys have that? Matthew 16, 13. Yeah. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Amen? Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon of Jonah, or son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter. Everyone say, Kepha. That was the Aramaic. It means a fragment of the rock. And on this rock, the revelation, not the man, on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. There's a reason it says gates of Hades. It's not talking about the hell as is taught in the south. I was at the location in Caesarea Philippi last year, known as the Gates of Hades. It's a rock wall, you can Google it. It's a rock wall that in pagan times, they built this Greek building coming out of it. And in this building, there was pagan worship going on. And the reason it was a cave is they thought that these gods of the Greek mythology lived inside the cave. Now, the main god had a wife. Her name was Echo. The main god was Pan. And his wife was Echo, and they thought her name was Echo because someone would talk, and because of the acoustics in the cave, it came out at a higher pitch and sounded like a female saying the thing back. And everybody didn't like Echo because it was like a woman who was constantly back-talking to her husband. That's what they thought. That's true. Everybody say, messed up. But there was a lot of pagan worship going on near this cave, and so when Jesus is talking to the guys, he says, the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Prevail against what? The revelation. In other words, he's saying the revelation that Jesus Christ is Lord is greater than every single pagan ritual or anything of the flesh you can ever know. They were saying, he was saying, that if you will make it known, not only to yourself but to others, that Jesus Christ is Lord, demons flee at that revelation. Amen? This is crucial for your generation, guys. You guys face more visual, digital audio temptation than any generation before you got so much trying to distract you from what truly matters most think about it how many teenagers do you personally know who say hey by the way i'm going to take time today no music no nothing for a couple of hours just with my lord to go for a walk you don't hear it very often it's because we don't like silence it's because for a lot of your generation silence is too loud Silence is where we start hearing all the things we don't want to hear. Silence is where thoughts that we want to hide from start coming up. When you get quiet, who you really are comes out. But when you get still in his presence, he said, be still and know that I am God. Who he is gets through. Amen? That's why being still is key. Your phone can't charge if you try to plug it in and then walk away with it. You got to let it sit. Amen? Everybody say amen. Let's take the analogy a little deeper since the cat's name was Poop Nugget. How many of you are thankful for bathrooms? How many are thankful there's a throne in there? And it's a place of deliverance. Hallelujah. Here's the thing. A toilet has a purpose. Amen? But you can't just run in and run out. Sometimes you've got to be there a little longer, and that's all I'm going to say about that. 
But do you understand, so often we're in a hurry and we're missing the big picture of our lives. We're missing the painting that God wants to paint because he says you're the masterpiece of God. Why am I saying this tonight? We've already been, been talking about this. It's been prophesied that tonight is a tipping point for somebody, hopefully many bodies in this room. A tipping point to choose the king and the kingdom above yourself. Because Jesus said if you want to find your life, you have to lose it. You really do. If you want to gain the mind of Christ, you've got to lose yours. How do I do that? By infiltrating fleshly thoughts with kingdom truth. Amen? When you pour that in. It's like the time I was at my mother's. She likes fish. Big fish bowl. Big fish tank. Aquarium. And they were on the floor because she was working on something in the bottom of the thing. The motor's going. And I'm up on a chair trying to change a light. Well, the chair gave way. I fell into the aquarium. When I fell in, water went out. Nemo was flying. What am I saying? There was a displacement. The water couldn't stay in there when something stronger entered in. Thoughts that are not of God can't stay in your brain when you infiltrate your brain with the truth. Amen? I've got four minutes to give you the greatest kingdom key that I've found in the last year. And I want you to see something. Uh, yeah, we'll take a look here. You are Peter on this rock. I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now guys, think. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, you said at the cross, Telecho, it is finished. So if the work is finished, why are you giving us keys to enter into something? And the Lord spoke to me clearly. He said, I didn't give you the keys to enter into something. I gave you the keys by covenant so that you can lock, unlock, and lock, and allow me into something. Because we are ambassadors for Christ or representatives representing him or representing him as he is, he gives us keys so that we can unlock the kingdom of God, God's way of doing things, so he can infiltrate the realm of the prince and the power of the air. For instance... My marriage was on the rocks. Two years after being married, we were this close to divorce. I sought the Lord. I said, Lord, what do I do? My first prayer was, Lord, fix my marriage. He said, no, I've given you keys. I've given you promises. In other words, he's saying, I'm a good dad, and I'm not going to do everything for my son. I'm going to raise you up and show you how to walk in what I died to give you. It's kind of like a kid who wants to stay home and never get a job. That's the parent's fault. Eventually, parents go, we're not raising you to be a freeloader. We're raising you to represent. Look at your neighbor and say, represent. <laughs> Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. Did you know that you can bind up heaven from operating in the earth through your life by choosing to not believe? It's like when a person says, well, I don't believe God heals anymore. Even though I watch it happen all the time, in their life, they've bound heaven from operating through them through unbelief. In my marriage, like I said, marriage is on the rocks. What's the marriage key? Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. I said, God, so what you're telling me is I don't need to wait for a feeling or emotion. I need to make a choice in Jesus' name to love her like you do. He said, yeah. I went home and I spoke things that were not as though they were because I was mad. I didn't like her. I went in the door and I said, girl, I love you. And the whole time I'm thinking, I can't stand you. And she's like, I love you too, idiot. We started saying, and I would walk around going, Lord, I thank you that I love my wife. My bride is gorgeous. Lord, I desire her. She is mine. And I started finding myself going, and Satan, you will not steal my marriage. And it starts becoming, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> and she's <laughs> losing it. Why? 
prophesying what was to be. 16 years later, my marriage is strong like crazy. Why? Because of kingdom keys. Now watch. God wants to enter in to the realm of the prince and the power of the air. Let me break it down quickly. Just watch close and think. Turn your brain on. When you were lost, okay, you were under the authority of the enemy, right? Jesus, the second Adam, came and died. He gave you back what Adam lost to Satan. Jesus trumped Satan. So he gives you authority, and you're now hidden in Christ. Amen? So I'm hidden in Christ, but because I'm hidden in Christ doesn't mean that Satan was annihilated. He was dethroned, defeated. That means he has no feet. He was dethroned. He has no power except what we forfeit through unbelief. But the Lord says, I've given you authority. Satan no longer has charge of you, but I want to get into the enemy's camp. But the only way I can do it is through the kingdom keys that you release in your life because we are one. Amen? For instance, God wanted to get into my marriage. Who did he use? He went through me. See, God is not trying to get something from you. He's trying to get something through you. Do you see that? He built us that way. We absorb and we release. The way you're dressed tonight, it's because of fashion, trends. You saw it, you think it, you have it. Amen? Some of y'all go, I need to watch something different. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We are who we are by what we see, what we hear. That's why it's crucial to guard the eyes and the ears. I even use this analogy at church. Uh, when we talk about finances in the kingdom, Jesus talked about it a lot. Even when it comes to the tithe, things like that. People go, well, I'm not under law, I'm under grace. I'm like, wait a minute. Go before law, back to Abraham and watch his life of love. Why does God do kingdom keys financially in your life? There's no money needed in heaven, right? It's like, God, why would you have us do this on earth? Because he says, when you operate my way, you allow me to enter the realm of finance so the kingdom can advance against the enemy who thinks he owns it. It's allowing God to manifest. Why do we lay hands on the sick? Because his word says so. And when you do, you're a conduit for the kingdom of heaven to enter the darkness. Amen? Watching it take place. We just had uh, our church administrator got a call. Could you guys come play for just a minute? We had our uh, administrator call, and her grandmother, her, yeah, her grandmother on her father's side um, had stage four cancer, and they said she's going to die. They began to speak the word of life, speaking the promises, praying over her, releasing the kingdom of God, and they just got the contact two days ago that the woman has zero cancer in her body, and she's been completely healed from top to bottom. Now... People say, well, how come we don't see that every single day? Well, here's my question. What are you full of? What is your mind filled with? Are you thinking the kingdom? See, you can have no faith towards something unless you're first thinking it. How can I release heaven on earth if my mind is not on the one who is heaven on earth? Did he not say in the prayer, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Amen? Did you know that if every single one of you got this understanding, you would, every single day, you would have the choice to have an amazing day, full of joy. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Is there anyone in heaven depressed? Anyone in heaven stressed? Broke? Is there anybody sitting there going, man, this heaven thing is taking forever. Is that happening? I make a cool video, but truthfully. No, why? There's the understanding of eternity. In 1997, when the Lord walked in my bedroom, I understood why heaven won't be boring. 
because he's there. And when you're with him, time stops. There's no concept of time. It's not, oh, no. And trust me, guys, he walked in the bedroom, shook the bed across the room. The Jack Russell went crazy. He cracked the foundation of a 6,000-square-foot home. His presence is real. His kingdom is real. What's the problem is when we don't fall in love with the king, it's just dumb. There's no manifestation of heaven if your heart and mind are not upon him. He made the brain. God created it to think his way. And let me say lastly this. If there's any thought in your mind that God doesn't have in his, the thought's antichrist in nature. It doesn't mean you are the antichrist. But we've got to get antichrist thinking out of the way. Everybody say amen.